0: The of Marco Polo is a radio adaptation by Maurice Francis of a travelogue written in the 13th century by Ruccello di Pisa, from stories told by the Italian explorer Marco Polo. It described Polo's travels through Asia between 1271 and 1295, and his many experiences at the court of Kublai Khan. On this track you will hear episodes 15 and 16 edited back-to-back. Episode 15 is entitled, Plotting with the Princess, and episode 16, The Sound of the Death Gong. The series stars Australian producer, director, and incredible vocal actor, George Edwards. Much of the production was done in the late 1930s and released on 16-inch transcription discs as a syndicated radio series in the late 1930s and early 40s. It was distributed worldwide. As a side note, the series featured a unique musical score that mixed recognized classical pieces with original scores. This is Heirloom Radio, a different kind of oldies program, and I'm your host John Lovering playing a rebroadcast of episodes 15 and 16 of The Adventures of Marco Polo, starring George Edwards, Nell Sterling, Tom Farley, Warren Barry, and Eric Scott. This series is a celebration of incredible production values and talent that thrilled radio listeners of a bygone era and still can pull you into the story even today. Thank you for listening and thereby supporting the golden age of radio.
1: We now present, The Adventures of Marco Polo. Marco Polo and his companions were released from their dungeon and taken before the great Khan, who seemed to be well impressed with them. He granted them their lives for a further three days and he gave them money to spend. The Venetians were astonished to see paper for the first time and they were probably the first men of the Western world to behold paper currency. Amongst other things, they observed a Chinese water clock, by which the ancients marked the time. Marco Polo and his companions were taken to their quarters in the palace, and they were each given separate rooms. Marco Polo was astounded at the richness of the carpet in his room, which covered a huge space, and which was woven in silk, golden, and silver threads. While Marco Polo was ruminating on his plight, the Princess Zelana entered the room, and told him she had a scheme whereby he might win the friendship of the great Kubla Khan.
2: Zilana, you should not have come here. If they find you, it means certain death for both of us.
3: They will not find me here. Is the great Marco Polo afraid?
2: Oh, not for myself, but for you.
3: We are safe. And there is some doubt as to whether I am to wed the great Kublai Khan.
2: That is what I cannot understand. He said that you had an affliction of the face.
3: Yes. (laughs) I screwed up my face and I twisted my mouth like
2: this. (laughs) (laughs) Oh,
3: He was astonished when he lifted my veil and saw my face. I told him it was an affliction that came upon me occasionally.
2: Do you not wish to marry the great Khan?
3: No, I do not.
2: But he can give you riches. All the women in the world would envy you.
3: He has many wives. I am in love with you, Marco Polo.
2: Oh, and I am in love with you, Zilana.
1: But we must have a care.
3: Hear me. I can have the wedding postponed for a while. But you must win the friendship of the great Khan. You must make him trust you.
2: But how can I do that? He may decide to put me to death in three days' time.
3: If the Khan decides not to marry me, he will bestow me on one of his gentlemen. And if you win the favor of the Khan... You might ask for my hand in marriage.
2: I would probably be killed for my presumption.
3: Oh, I do not think you love me anymore, Marco Polo.
2: Oh, I do love you, Zilana, but this scheme is madness. If
3: the great Khan decides not to marry me, he may bestow my hand on Van Chu. And I do not like that man. He has a drooping black mustache. It waves when he talks.
2: Oh, I cannot say that I like Van Chu myself.
3: Now listen to me. Van Chu's Aunt Guza is an old hag. She is in charge of the ladies of the Khan's palace. She is a sister of the Khan. Well? Van Chu has designs upon the throne. He is plotting to overthrow the great Kubla Khan.
2: No one can overthrow the great Kubla Khan. He has the greatest army in the world. He's conquered nation after nation.
3: I know that. But Van Chu is his nephew and the trusted governor of the city. There are many officers who plot against the Khan. And Vanchu is the head of the plotters. He is almost ready to strike.
2: You have only been in the palace for a short while. How do you know all this?
3: I have good ears, and it seems that the old hag Goozer is in league with Van Chu. While they thought that I was sleeping, they talked together, and I heard about the plot. Then I came here to you.
2: Very interesting.
3: You see, Marco Polo, it is easy. You have only to tell the great Khan about this plot, and he will be your friend for life.
2: Will he take my word against that of Van Chu? I will have to prove that Van Chu is plotting.
3: Mayhap I will be able to obtain the proof for you.
2: It is worth trying.
3: Now take me in your arms. Ah! Tell me that you still love me, Marco Polo.
2: I do love you, Zilana. But you must go now. Someone might come here.
3: Yes, I know. Zilana, Princess Zilana. They are looking for me. This
2: means that they will try to kill us both. But I will defend
4: you with my life. No, no,
3: Marco. No, you seat yourself there on that silken divan. I will elude them.
4: We will meet again soon. Princess Zilana. He must be found. Greetings, Excellency. Whom do you seek? Are you deaf, Marco Polo? Have you not heard the servants calling for the Princess Zelana? I did hear some noise, but why have you come here? Do you think I am hiding the Princess Zelana? You paid much attention to the princess on the journey from Persia. Mayhaps she has fallen in love with you. You men search this room.
2: This is an insult, Vanchu. The princess has not been here. And the great khan said, I was to have every
4: respect and consideration from you. The great khan did not say that you were to make love to his promised bride. I tell you that the princess Zalana is not here. Hmm. Well, I can see she's not here. Perhaps she's in some other part of the palace. The khan sent for her to speak with her and she could not be found. Perhaps the foolish girl has run away.
2: Why should she run away? Is she not willing to wed the khan? I know not. You men follow me.
4: Uh, We will make a search of all the palace.
2: Zelana, are you still here?
3: Yes, I am still here, Marco Polo. He did not lift the cover of the divan. Did you not know that it opened like this?
2: I did not. I thought you'd left the room by the other entrance. But why have you waited here? They may return.
3: Kiss me, Marco Polo.
2: Oh, Zelana, I embrace you.
3: And I love you. And now I must go. The Khan wishes to speak with me. But remember, Marco Polo, we must prove something against Van Choo. Then you may win the friendship of the Khan.
1: The next day, Marco Polo and his companions were allowed to go through the city with an armed escort. They went to the bazaars where the merchants sold many wonderful goods, and they saw for the first time glazed pottery... They were rather dazed by the incessant noise and chattering of the scurrying people, and by the many wonders which they beheld. With their paper money, they purchased some trinkets. After a while, they returned to the palace gardens, and there, in the great park, they sat beneath the shade of one of the trees.
2: Well, Marco... And what think you of the wonders of China? The Chinese are certainly a strange people. But we did not buy anything of value today, Father. We have not had a chance to present our gifts to the great Khan.
5: He said that we were to die in three days' time. He has our gifts in his possession now. Can we not make some effort to escape? Benno, you always seem to fear death. Do not all men fear death, Master Niccolo? I do not think the great Khan means to kill us.
2: He seems well disposed towards us. If, if only we could think of some way to win his friendship. I think I know a way to win his friendship. Oh, this is interesting. Tell us your scheme. I cannot tell you, but if the scheme succeeds, it means that I may have to marry. To marry... Ah, uh, always you are thinking of women. Whom do you wish to marry this time? Well, I'm not sure that I do wish to marry. If we win the friendship of the Khan, we may have many adventures in his service. And I think that I am too young for marriage. You have changed your tone, Marco. When we were in Venice, you thought of nothing but marriage. Uh, he never knows his own mind. Who is the lady this time? The Princess Zilana.
5: Oh, Master Marco, you will bring us all to our death. Marco, this is
2: madness. The Princess Zilana is to wed
5: Kubla Khan.
2: Princess Zilana is very beautiful. And mayhap I am in love with her. Mayhap I am not. But if she succeeds in saving our lives, it will be my duty to marry her. I do not understand what you're talking about, Marco. I have a serious problem to consider. Come, Benno, you may aid me. Which is the worst fate, marriage or death?
5: I have not experienced either, Master Marco, so I cannot tell. Oh, well,
2: that's not very helpful. Well, we are in China. Our ambition is realized. I have already seen a few of the wonders of this strange land, but if we could only win the friendship of Kubla Khan, we would see many more wonders. And we would be able to persuade him to trade with Venice. I have a chance to win the friendship of the Khan, but how to make the best use of that chance, I know not. Well, let us hear no more talk of your marriage. I still feel it is your fault that the Khan is likely to put us to death. Well, I may make atonement for that fault, Uncle Matthew. I shall do my best, rest assured of that.
1: Later that day, by the good graces of his aunt Guza, the governor of the city of Anchu was able to pay a visit to the quarters of Princess Ilona. She was rather surprised to see him.
3: My lord, Ventu, I did not expect you to come here.
4: I am free to come and go at will to any part of the palace, princess.
3: Why have you come here?
4: So that I might speak with you. Next to Kublai Khan, I am the most powerful man in this land.
3: I have heard much of your power. It seems that you have many followers.
4: Yes, I have many followers, princess. And I have a request to make of you.
3: I am willing to hear your request?
4: The Khan cannot make up his mind whether to marry you or not. Should he decide not to marry you, I intend to ask for your hand.
3: Will I have no choice in the matter, my lord?
4: Have you anything against me, princess?
3: Oh, I like men who have power, riches. I wish to marry the great Khan because he is the most powerful man in the world. He has vast armies. He has conquered nations. You... You are but the governor of his capital.
4: Well, I may not always be the governor. I might someday be as great as Kublai Khan himself.
3: Oh, what words are these, my lord?
4: Could you... could you come to love me, Princess Zelana?
3: If I thought that you were strong enough to seize power for yourself, I could come to love you. You are young and handsome, my lord. Well, then, suppose I were
4: to tell you that I could win power. Could I win your love? Mayhap. I can win power. Someday Kubla Khan's throne may be mine. Now, will you tell me that I have your love, Zelana?
3: <laughs> you are an idle boaster. How can the throne of Kubla Khan's be yours? <laughs> no, empty words mean nothing, my lord. Give me proof that you may seize power.
4: Very well, then. I will give you proof. I will show you that I can be a greater man than Kublai Khan. A greater man. Then, perhaps, you will value the love which Banchu has bestowed on you.
1: present The Adventures of Marco Polo. Princess Zelana visited Marco Polo in his apartment at Kubla Khan's palace. She begged him to win the friendship of the great Khan. She informed him that Ventu was plotting against the Khan, and she begged Marco Polo to tell Kubla Khan of the plot and to ask her hand in marriage. The next day Marco Polo was taken into the city with his father, his uncle and his servant and there they beheld the strange wonders of the Orient. Then Marco Polo told his father that he should be able to persuade the Khan to save their lives but if he did, he would probably have to marry Zulana. The next day Vanchu visited Zulana and told her of his love. He confessed that he was party to a plot to overthrow Kublai Khan and she asked him to give her proof. The day dawned on which Marco Polo and his companions were again to be brought before the Khan. Prior to seeing them, Kublai Khan sent for Ventu
2: Come, Chu, stand before me. This is the day I must pass judgment on the four white
4: prisoners. You ask my advice, most noble majesty? I ask your advice. Then I advise that these men be put to death.
2: I've seen the gifts which they brought to the city. My soldiers seized them and brought them before me. I do not think the gifts were of much value, but there's something I like about these strangers. They are fine, fearless men... I like not putting men to death without cause. You
4: have issued a decree, Most High. That decree states that no white men shall enter this city. Should they do so, they must be put to death. Uh, true,
2: very true, Van Chu. Uh, you think these strangers uh, will cause trouble in my kingdom? Uh, uh, that they will strive to stir up the people against me?
4: Eh? No one could stir up the people against you, Most Noble Highness. You are beloved by all. Uh, flattery comes easily to your lips, Chu. Have I not always served you loyally and well, Most High? Uh,
2: yes, you have, but uh, I think this country has been at peace too long. It is time I embarked upon another war. Uh, when the people are
4: at peace, they plot an intrigue. Uh, tell me if there are any plots against you. Tell me the names of the plotters so that I may slay them.
2: Mm, I I know not whether there are any plots uh, against me, but uh, I am a warlike ruler. By the might of my army, I hold my people. Still, uh, we were talking of these men from the West. Now, if we are going to war, we want no strangers here. These men must die. I am in agreement with you, Most High. Well, bring them before me. Bring them before me. Two hours... uh, Uh, Afternoon, when they uh, enter the great audience chamber, let the death gong be sounded. I will speak with them and pronounce sentence of death. You are the wisest,
4: the most clever of monarchs,
2: Most High. Hmm. Uh, One other matter I must discuss with you. Uh, What of this girl, the Princess Zilana? shall I wed her? That is for your highness to decide.
5: I have many
2: wives. Uh, They quarrel frequently amongst themselves. Uh, uh, Do I but take one
4: more wife? Uh, There will only be more quarrelling. May may I crave your favour, Most High? Speak. If the Most Serene Highness does not take the Princess Zelana for his wife, will he bestow her on his humble servant, Van Chew? I have already bestowed five wives on you, Van Chew. Are you not satisfied yet? I desire to wed the Princess Zelana, if your highness does not choose her. All right, all right. You may take her. Uh, I will make that proclamation tomorrow. Uh, now,
2: uh, call a meeting of my high officers. Uh, we shall hold a council of war. Kublai Khan has been idle for too long. Let the war gongs be sounded, and let the trumpets blow. Let the people know that Kubla Khan goes to war.
4: On whom will you make war, Most
2: High? Uh, well, let us not decide that. I will discuss it with my officers. Now, summon them, and remember, two hours this afternoon... bring the four men from the Western world before me.
1: For a long time, Kublai Khan sat in council with his higher officers. They studied maps and plans, and eventually they decided to make war on some of the provinces of India, to add them to the empire of the great Kublai Khan. The council was then dismissed, and Kublai Khan took his midday meal. Then he was conducted to the great audience chamber, where he waited to pass judgment on Marco Polo and his companions. At two hours' afternoon, the great doors were flung open. Then, as Marco Polo and his companions were led in, the death gong was sounded.
2: See, the great Khan waits to receive us. This time we must win his friendship. I like not the sound of that gong. It sounds like a bell tolling for the dead.
5: Oh, I feel as if I were already dead. and Pinno. We come now to make obeisance to the Great Kublai Khan. See, Thanh Chu stands before him. Oh, that man hates me. Even if they let you live, I know that Van Chu will recommend that I be put to death.
2: Carriage, carriage, they will not. Oh. I will fight
5: to save you. Oh, but we are so helpless here, my master. Silence!
4: Let the prisoners not speak before they are addressed by the great Khan. Do You bend before the great, the mighty, the all-powerful Kublai Khan. You may
2: rise, you may rise. Now, what have you to say to me? Have you seen the wonders of my city of Peking? Oh, great and mighty Kublai Khan. We have seen many of the wonders of your city. We have witnessed the industry of your people. We are glad that we beheld such wonders. We once again express our friendship to you. It is our desire to promote trade between your country and ours. We ask that we may turn to our country to tell the people of the wonders that we have seen, to bring other men here so we may exchange our goods with yours. Uh, You wish to invade my country, Niccolò Polo? We would bring men there will be men of peace, O so wise and noble Khan. Have you learned yet to tell the hours by the water clock? Not yet, Most High. When the water clock shows that it is one hour before midnight, then you will die, Niccolò Polo. That is the decree of Kubla Khan. Mighty Khan, why do you turn against me? Why must I be put to death? The armies of Kublai Khan go to war. While we prepare for warfare, we want no strangers here. The decree of death has been passed upon you. Now be silent. Weep not, or you shall die now. Now, let your brother speak with me. Mighty Khan, my brother Niccolo has spoken for me. We came here in friendship, and yet you have turned against us. We wish you no harm. If you are going to war, mayhap we might be able to aid you. (laughs) You Westerners, (laughs) you people of the Western world, know nothing of war? We have machines of which you've never heard. Machines which enable us to conquer the world. Now, hear me. You have some hours to live to tell the time by the water clock. And when you discover that it is one hour before midnight, then you shall die, Mafio Polo. That is the decree of Kubla Khan.
4: But most Be I...
2: silent! I will speak with Marco Polo. Do you pass sentence of death on me, Kubla Khan?
4: Dog! Know there no time to address, His Highness?
2: I spoke not with you, Vanchu. I spoke with the great Khan. You are a brave man, Marco Polo. But it is my decree that you shall also die one hour before midnight. I wish to hear no words from your servant.
5: He will die with you. Oh, I knew that we were doomed. I knew that I would never see Venice again. Silence,
4: dog. A servant dare not open his lips in the presence of the great Kublai Khan. Oh,
5: what matters it since I have to die? When you entered the audience chamber, the death
2: gong was sounded. Nothing can save you now. Hear me, Kublai Khan. Did your governor Van Choo persuade you that we should be put to death? What matters who persuaded me? I am the great Khan. I issue decrees. Banshu desires that you rid yourself of all who would be your friends. What
4: words are these? The man raves, Most High. I am your loyal servant. And I say that it is in your interest that these men should die. Marco
2: Polo, know you not that Banshu is more than my governor? He is my nephew, my own
4: flesh and blood. My own flesh and blood.
2: I trust him more than any man in the world. Then I say that the great Kublai Khan is a blind fool. Marco, have a care. Oh, we will die sooner. Most High... Give me permission
4: to strike the head from this dog's shoulders.
2: Marco Polo, know you that no man, even under sentence of death, has ever spoken to me thus? Then the great Khan has had new experiences. I say again that you are a blind fool. May I slay him, Most High? My sword is drawn. Wait! Why say you that I am a blind fool, Marco Polo? Because your governor who stands before you is a double-dyed traitor. He desires your throne... He plans to seize it from you. Now you shall die, you dog. Marco, have a care. I have his wrist. What is this? Never before has fighting taken place in my presence. In my audience chamber. Stand back, Manchu. I give you no orders to strike this man. You heard what he said against
4: me, Most High. Flesh and blood cannot stand it.
2: Sheath your sword, Manchu. When I wish you to draw it, I will tell you to do so. Now, speak on, Marco Polo. Uh, You were telling me that I am a blind fool. I know that Manchu plots against you, Most High. He hates and fears us because we know of this plot. That is why I am going to war. My subjects have been
4: idle too long. Most High, you cannot believe the ravings of this man, this stranger. He has been under close guard all the while he's been at the palace. If there was any plot, how would he know of it?
2: Yes, sir, how would you know of it, Marco Polo? I ask that you let us live for another 48 hours, Most High. During that time, bid your officers inquire into the conduct of Van Chu. Bid them ask who are his friends. Let them
4: search his house. Most High, I kneel before you. I have given years of service to you, devoted my life to your cause. Would you believe the lying slander of this foreigner? Show that you trust me. Give orders now that I strike Marco Polo's head from his body. A moment, a moment now.
2: How came you by this information, Marco Polo? That I cannot reveal, but I beg that you will make these inquiries. Marco Polo, a little while ago, you called me a blind fool, but I will show you that I am no fool. Now, you've been a prisoner here these last three days. You've been closely guarded. You would have no chance of finding out of any plot. Uh, You are merely fighting now for time, thinking you may escape. I would have you know that I will trust Van Chu with my life. Trust him with your life, and you will lose it, Noble Khan, even before you lose your throne. Foolish words, Marco Polo, and for daring to speak against Vanchu, you shall not live until one hour before midnight. You shall die now, and to Vanchu shall fall the task of killing you. Most High me. my son did not mean his rash and idle words. Let him live a few more hours. Kubla Khan has issued his decree.
5: Oh, Master Marco, my master, why did you speak those words?
2: There will come a day when Kubla Khan will remember my words, when he will regret his hasty action. Vanchu!
4: You may draw your sword now. Put an end to Marco Polo. I kiss my sword. Once more I use it in the service of the great Khan. With one swoop, this sword shall take Marco Polo's head from his shoulders. Now meet your death, you foreign dog. (laughs)